Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Melody was uh, getting, her spirit was leaving her body. She was uh, getting ready to pass uh, into the next life. And uh, of course, I'd been praying for her. And, uh, but Rebecca, she was three years old, I believe. Three years old, she came in and laid her hands on Melody and said, Devil, you get away from my mommy in the name of Jesus. And i make a long story short because I don't want to spend a lot of time. She got up. She got up. So uh, sometimes I just like to get new believers to pray for people because God, you know, God wants to bless them, you know. And uh, anyway, but we're going to be talking about this. Uh, I want to continue what I've been talking about. Uh, well, I started last week was uh, praying the word of God. But I had a couple of thoughts this morning. I get up early and uh, so I don't disturb Melody. I'll go into my office and I'll lay there and I'll, I'll pray, pray in the spirit. And then God will just give me some downloads and the first thing that came to me uh, was uh, draw near to God, and he will draw near yeah. to you. Yeah. And uh, so the thought came to me, God is an omnipresent God. And if you're not familiar with that word, that means God is everywhere. Well, if God is everywhere, why do we need to draw near to him? Because you can be near something and still not partake of the blessing of it. How many of you know that there's wall sockets in, uh, with electricity flowing to them. You are near them, but until you plug into that, you're not get, reaping the benefit of it. And uh, also, there was another thought that came to me. It was, uh, the purity brings the power. The purity brings the power. And what that has to deal with, uh, what I'm going to be sharing this morning, we're talking about praying the Word of God, using the Word of God in our prayer life, is that uh, the thought came to me, uh, some of you men might, uh, and ladies will get this, maybe some of you won't, but have you ever gone out uh, to start your car on a cold winter morning and you hear, rrr, rrr, rrr. well, you get, sometimes you look underneath the hood and you look at the battery and there's like a green whitish uh, uh, bunch of, cor actually what is cor uh, corrosion. And so uh, you're connected, but there's corrosion. So what do you have to do? You have to unloosen the cables and you have to get a brush and you have to clean the battery post and you have to clean the battery cables that are connecting to the power and then you connect them back up and then your car can start. How many of you know you're near the power, but if you have corruption, you need to clean it off. You say, well, pastor, that kind of sounds like works. 
We're not talking about works. We're talking about the Word of God. How many of you know that the Word of God, in praying the Word of God, it can bring cleansing? Not only to you, but for the one you're also praying for. The Bible says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Bible also says, Jesus said, You are clean through the word I have spoken unto you. Katie was talking about earlier about about, uh, going through the Bible in a year. She's now... Uh, going for the praying, uh, going through the New Testament uh, in the month of February. I want to tell you, you know, you can have your Bible on your nightstand, but if it's not getting inside of you, the power's not released. Now, does that mean that, you know, oh, God's not going to do anything for me if I don't open my Bible? Sometimes we tie the hands of God. God wants to. God wants to work in our life. God wants to work through us. God wants to help us, but we tie him because sometimes we get out of disagreement with him because we are not familiar with his will. We're not familiar with it. And as soon as we line up with it, so the Bible, what's the Bible? uh, what's, What's so powerful about the Bible? Well, the word of God is quick. That means quick means alive. The word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, to be honest with you, that word there for word is actually the word for Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, well, it says in in John, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on in that chapter, it says, and the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. He dwells among us. So the the closer we stay to and connect with the Word of God, the more benefit that we have. Now, don't think like, oh, God's, don't, don't think that God's, well, unless I do this, God's, God's not going to work in my life. The Bible says, you know, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Do you know he's still seeking you? Mm-hmm. He's still seeking you. He's still coming after you. Jesus said to the, to the church of Laodicea in Revelation, he says, I'm standing at the door and knocking. He's talking to a church. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know that God puts his power in tangible things. Think about, uh, some of you might not be familiar with this. But there's a, uh, there is a uh, story, it's a true story, in the Old Testament where the prophet Elisha dies and they bury him. And there's these, uh, later on, there's these people that are take, uh, they're carrying their friend, they want to bury him, but there's these bandits, these thieves, and so, man, we got we to get out of here. We don't want to get robbed. So they threw him in Elisha's grave. 
And as soon as that dead man touched Elisha's Elisha's, Elisha's bones, he came to life again. The Word of God has power. The Word of God has power, and the closer we stay to God, the closer we stay to Him and yearn for Him, long for Him. You know, uh, I don't have one of these, but, you know, every night I plug my iPhone into a cable so I can recharge the battery. They got things now, you don't even have to plug it in, you just have to lay it on top. The close, the closer I get to you, <laughs> the more you make me feel. The closer I get to him, the more. Carissa, what are you shaking your head at me for? <laughs> You don't think I, I got my eye on you. <laughs> the closer we get. So we're praying the word. That's not a law. That's a benefit. Yeah. Why? Because I'm, I'm allowing God to work through me. I'm allowing, you know, and a lot of times prayer changes you before it changes the person you're praying for. You know, in, in praying the word, one of the things that we have to realize is that there's nothing too difficult for God. I've got to realize that I can't think, well, you know, God can't do this for me or God won't do this for me. He says in Jeremiah 32, 17, he says, Ah, oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms. If God made the heavens and the earth, is there anything in your life that tops that? You think, oh, oh, he just doesn't have enough power to take care of me. You know, God doesn't, God doesn't have to be plugged in. He is the source. I wanted to say this earlier because I forgot it. But getting close to him, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection. The closer I get to him, the more life I can receive. Now you have to realize that we are a three-part being. We are, we, ha- we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, but, but most of the time we're just taking care of the body. Sometimes we're not taking care of it as good. We're, we're feeding it, <laughs> but it's not that good. Or we're feeding our mind. We educate our mind. We go, to, we go to grade school. We go to junior high. We go to high school. Some of us go on to further education. So we, we take care of our mind. We take care of our body. Some of us actually even work out our body. 
I think about it all the time. <laughs> I, I lay down until I get over it, but no, actually, I was, I always used to walk, and now it's either too cold or too rainy or whatever. But we, we, take care of the, we take care of the body and we take care of the mind. We educate our mind or we, whatever we do with our mind. But our spirit man is what needs to be fed. And when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, yes, he's talking about the body, but when we get around him and we allow his word to get on the inside of us, it brings us life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your spirit, man, needs to be fed. You know, the Bible says that the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. Sometimes our soul and our, sometimes our, our spirit man so weak, we're just ready to give up. And I'm not saying it's not going to be a fight. And bless God, if we go to heaven, we go to heaven. Hallelujah. That's not a disappointment. I, I don't tell my wife this. But there was a couple of times I almost died and I didn't really care. Because I think there's something better on the other side. I'm not getting away from her. <laughs> but getting close to Jesus, getting close to the life source, getting close to the one who loved me more than anybody else. You get close to Jesus, you know, God, like I said, God doesn't wear out because he is eternal life. The closer we get to him, the more life we're going to experience. And I'm talking about that eternal, that spirit on the inside of us connecting with the, with the life source of the eternal God. I've got a picture on the wall. It's a part of the Sistine, it's a little it's part of the Sistine Chapel, you know, where God is reaching out to man. Really, it's just the two hands. It's God is reaching out to man, and man is <laughs> like this. Doesn't have the power to reach out to God, but the closer we get to him, the more power we have. And I'm talking about power for living. Let me just tell you a little something. I... I I heard something the other day and I thought, that's really good. We don't need to ask people if they're saved. We need, we need to ask people if Christ is living in them. The Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Some people think that saved is going down to the, going down to the front, having somebody pray and then letting... Uh, then living the life the, the rest any way I want to. But if Christ is on the inside of me, then he becomes my Lord and my Lord tells me what to do. And sometimes it's things I don't want to do. Hallelujah, I got time. <laughs> sometimes it's things, how many can you can be honest? God has told you to do things that you didn't want to do. 
But how many of you, after a period of time, realized that that's one of the best things that, could, that you could have done? God is not here to make your life miserable. He's here to conform you into the image of his son. And if you're conformed into the image of his son, you're going to experience the life that begins on the inner man and will express itself in the outer man that will even give life to other people. You know, it's not just about us. We, th- we think, well, it's, well, you know, uh, I'm believing the promises. But the, but the reality is, is that Christ has an inheritance in us. It's not the benefits, it's not just the benefits that you get from God. It's what God gets from you. You are his inheritance. There's nothing to, uh, he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms, and nothing is too difficult for you. We've got to renew our minds to the place that nothing is too difficult for him, and we do it by connecting with him. And one of the ways we connect with him is by the word of God. And I found out that if we are praying the word of God, it will feed our spirit, and then we will start to believe. Talk about, talk about what God says. Begin to pray what God says, and it begins, to, it begins to strengthen your spirit, man. It begins to change you, and you will begin to see the hand of God more and more. And I'm not saying that God want, God's not doing things in your life now, but he could do a lot more. He could do a lot more. Well, verse, uh, verse 18 says, You show your loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of uh, of their children after them, the great and mighty God whose name is the Lord of hosts. You know, know, a lot of times we think that what we do doesn't, doesn't affect anybody else. Ooh, getting awful quiet in here. What you do affects your children. You know, I kind of lived in a dualistic home. I was sent to church, but it didn't seem like the home was Christian. What we do, what we do in front of our kids will affect them. And let me tell you this, what you do in secret will affect them. So, let's get positive. (laughs) That is positive. If I need to change something, I can't understand why. I can't understand why that kid's doing that. They're just following in the footsteps. But if I let God begin to change my life, if I start speaking the word of God, not in, not in legalism, everything I'm saying to you here, I'm not trying to put anybody into bondage. I'm trying to liberate 
you. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Melody used to make bread. I used to think I had to go up and get that frozen bread, frozen dough, <laughs> and bring it home, and she would work it. But she said, no, that wasn't the way it was. She actually did the flour and the yeast, and all. I remember the time she used brewer's yeast. That was the first try. The first try. That was, you remember Ellie Mae Clampett's cooking? That was her first loaf of bread. It looked great. It, it was, it was uh, kind of uh, woven together, you know. Oh, that looks good. But you know what? I ate that thing. Because I, <laughs> I didn't want her to disappoint her. Love will do things. Fortunately, she never did that again. I wouldn't have any teeth if she did. Hallelujah. It could have broken rocks. But anyway. I just, yeah, you got to start somewhere. It did. But anyway, uh, in Luke... We're talking about using the word of God in our prayer, but we have to have, we have, to have a revelation. We have to have a, a knowledge and a belief that when we pray the word of God, it's going, it's going to actually have an effect. And believe me, God, God wants to answer your prayers because the Bible says when you call unto him, he will answer you, show you great and mighty things, but he also says you will glorify me. You will glorify me when you pray and I answer. I, he says, I will be glorified. So we're in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Mary is being visited by Gabriel. And uh, he makes an announcement that she's highly favored. And she gets in fear. And she, uh, the angel says that you are going to bear, you're going to birth the Son of God. And so she has a question. She says, uh, to, she says to the angel, how can this be since I know not a man? The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. Now listen to this. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Now, I don't know what old is in this particular instance. I know that Sarah had a baby at 90 years old. You're still capable. <laughs> You're still able, Mabel. <laughs> anyway. In her old age, and now this is the sixth month for her who is, who is called barren. 
For with God, nothing will be impossible. What's the definition of nothing? Is it, every, you know, everything but my problem? You know, uh, every, you know, God likes everybody else better, so he'll answer their prayer, but he won't answer mine because I'm just really not that, I'm really not that favored. God gave, God gave the life of his son for you, so I believe you are favored. Nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Be, let it be to me according to your word. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever told you something and you didn't want to do it? If we have a real belief that God, that there's nothing impossible with God and God wants to do something, something through us, we've got to come to the place where we are willing to say, let it be unto me according to your word. But we've got to have that, we've got to have that sense that God, with God, nothing is impossible. The virgin birth was, you know, the virgin birth never happened before. Mary didn't have anything to look at. She didn't have a pattern. But God had a plan ahead of time. He said in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, he says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And by the way, that word Emmanuel means God with us. We don't want to limit God because of our understanding. You know, God might, God might say something to you and you have no clue. How many of you know a lot of times God will say something to us and we have no clue? They can make a movie about us and call it Clueless. And we're not even blonde. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Believe me, I used to be blonde. I was uh, four years old, but <laughs> anyway. He says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Elizabeth was used, was, Elizabeth was used by the angel to give a testimony. It's called the power of the testimony. Mary had no had, had nothing to look at. She couldn't go to the Bible and say, oh, yeah, yeah, there, that happened in the Old Testament. She could go and see in, in, uh, in uh, Isaiah that it was going to happen, but it had never happened. And so God, the angel used the testimony to say, your cousin who is old is having a child. 
When you give your testimony, it, it can inspire faith in another, in another person. It can inspire faith. Well, nothing is impossible. We have to renew our minds to, to that. And then we all have to say, when God asks us to do something, let it be unto me according to your word. Now, I like this. It's in Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Do you know that this promise was given while he was in a pit, literal pit? He was in prison. You know, I've heard it said before, and it's a good, and it's a good saying. It says, never doubt in the dark what you hear in the light. But let me say this, never doubt in the dark what God tells you. Because even in the dark, God can bring his miraculous power. We're, we're familiar with uh, Paul and Silas that were beaten and thrown in the innermost part of the prison. And they were, in, they were in stocks. And those stocks were not meant just to hold you. They were meant to torment you. And they were praying and they were singing and they were worshiping God. And God heard them in, at midnight. The darkest part of the night, at midnight, God started clapping his hands and tapping his foot to the music. When you start worshiping and praising God, God can start joining in with you. And when he starts tapping his foot, then the devil gets nervous. And it will drive him. But when we get in our darkest hour, we forget that nothing is impossible with God. And God wants to... God wants to uh, change our mind on that. Why was, why was he in prison? He's a prophet. He's sharing the word of God. Actually, he was arrested for treason. You know what the, you know what the penalty for treason is? It's death. He was arrested because... The Babylonians had surrounded Jerusalem and he was saying, if you give yourself over to the Babylonians, you will live. If you don't, you'll die. Well, some of the people didn't like that. But hallelujah. Even if people don't like what you have to say, God's still with you. Thank you, Lord. I want to tell you about... Uh, I want to tell you by experience that God is faithful in your darkest hour. If you will stay faithful and listen to him. The problem is a lot of times we cut off our ear. We are, we are so discouraged. We are so weary. We don't want to hear anything else. But that's the time you need to hear it the most. You need to hear that God is faithful. You need to hear that God loves you. You need to hear that all things are possible. But Jesus also, also said all things are possible to him that believe. Hallelujah. In uh, Psalm chapter 50, verse 14, he says this, Offer unto God thanksgiving. Do you know prayer is not complete without thanksgiving? 
Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Some people will say, well, you see, now God puts you in there. How many of you know that sometimes we get into trouble because of our own choices? I can't understand why this policeman pulled me over. You know I can't pay that bill. You know I can't pay that bill, God. (laughs) He said, well, you should have thought about that when you were putting your foot on that gas instead of the brake. Oh, I could go in a lot of directions, but we won't do that. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I know, now, this is for not for you. This is for people that are going to hear it. I'm talking about people that have troubles. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Come on now. You know that Thanksgiving is a, is a key to prayer because it, remind us, it reminds us of our total dependency upon the Father. What, is, what does the word say? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. When is due time? You, when is due time? When you think it's due? When he says it's due. But my responsibility is not to determine when due time is. My, determine, my responsibility is to humble myself in the presence of God that he may lift me up. The problem is, have have you ever noticed that sometimes we try to do God's work? I mean, the stuff that he can only do. How many of you have ever tried to take the place of the Holy Spirit? How many of you have ever tried to convict somebody that you thought was not living the life? Not living right? You know what? Let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. You have your communication with God and let the Holy Spirit begin to work in them. He does a much better job. So he said, what does he say? He says, he says this. Uh, well, he says in Psalm 50, verse 23, the same, same psalm. He says, whoso offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Whoso offers praise. Well, I'm doing it, Lord. I'm doing it. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm stomping. I'm doing the shout. But he says, and to him that orders His conversation, well, I've been keeping my mouth. No, conversation in that sense means your way of life. Am I getting in your business too much? Angie's smiling at me. I just, yeah. Am I getting in in your business? He says, whoso 
offers praise, glorifies me, and to him who orders his conversation, and to him who adjusts his lifestyle to what God is asking him to do. You've heard, a lot of you have heard this before, but uh, I'm going to just really abbreviate it. The Lord told me one time, you better watch out how you're treating my daughter. Do you know that I've had my ribs broken a couple of times? It just so happened. It was during that time when I was not treating his daughter right. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist, but you know what? You better figure out real quick. You can't do that. It took me a couple of times. I was in a bike wreck one time, and I had amnesia for a half hour. I had a helmet on. It crushed the helmet, busted the helmet. All I knew is I was married. Isn't that something to remember? <laughs> All I knew is I was married and had two kids, and I was sitting, I was sitting uh, down by the seminary in Gettysburg on the corner there, and I couldn't figure out which way to go. But eventually the Lord had mercy on me. It started coming back to me. Who, and to him who orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at, this is the last scripture that's written down. <laughs> you have to give a disclosure. Anyway. Mark eleven twenty. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree, which was dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God or have the faith of God. For assuredly I say, for assuredly I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, does, does, uh, does God want us to really move literal mountains? Or how about the mountain in your life? Anybody have any mountains in their lives? They might be molehills, but they look like mountains. Or they might be mountains. But whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. I thought you were going to talk about praying the word. Well, this is the word. And when we line ourselves up with the word, then, I, then, we, then we connect with him and we see, we see him respond. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things? Say things. Now, I can't pray. I can't. I'm going to use Reuben. You know, if there's something I, uh, that I think Reuben needs to change, 
I can't pray to make him change this prayer because he says, what things? You're not a thing. You might have things in your life that I can pray about, but I can't change you. Therefore, what things soever you desire, let me ask you a question. The thing that you're praying for, do you really desire it? If it means nothing to you, it means nothing to God. If you don't have enough, if, if it really means nothing to you, it means nothing to God. But what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And what and whenever you stand praying, when is whenever? Whenever. Whenever you stand praying, I like to lay down personally. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, don't look at me. I said, don't look at me. If you have anything, now, this isn't me talking, this is Jesus. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. You don't understand, Pastor, what they did to me. I'm not telling you you have to let them do it again. Forgiveness is not letting people do it again. Forgive, forgive him that your heavenly Father may also forgive you your trespasses. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. One of, one of the things of praying the word of God is we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to bring up, if there is any offense in us, we have got to allow him to bring it up and we have to forgive. Now, let me just give you a definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not even reconciliation. You don't have to reconcile with somebody because they might not want to reconcile with you. Forgiveness is not, not condemning and wanting judgment to come on the person that has hurt you. You know, Ron, you, know, Ron, you just really offend me. Every third Saturday morning, you bring those donuts. And you know I've been on a diet forever. <laughs> and he brings that. It's not just, you know, the glazed donuts I could, I could pass up. But them cream-filled donuts? <laughs> He's tripping me up, man. Of course. Well, how many did you have, brother? <laughs> oh, well. 
See, I gotta shut my mouth now because I could really get into trouble. I have to forgive. Lord, bless him in the name of Jesus. Do not bring this, do not let this sin be brought to his charge. See, he can still bring them. He can still bring them, but I'm not angry at him anymore. <laughs> That's just a, you know, a, a funny way. But, well, Pastor, what they did to me is not funny. No. But when, when you do not forgive, you're not hurting anybody but you. Like uh, one, one minister said, unforgiveness is like drink, uh, drinking poison and expecting somebody else to be hurt. Oh, I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to drink this poison. No, you're not hurting them. They might not even know you're hurt. They might not even care if you're hurt. But God is concerned about your heart. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Oh, and by the way, if you have unforgiveness against anybody, forgive them and your heavenly Father will forgive you. Now, I don't have time and I'm not gonna answer the question anyway, but I have thought, if I don't forgive people, is that an unpardonable sin? That's just a thought. Just a thought. So, amen. I'm going to, when I get a, a chance to get, I have one more, one more praying the word message that I would like to that I would like to do and it's about hearing the voice of God hearing the voice of God in our prayers and letting him lead us and guide us so father uh, I'm going to ask the if uh, if we do have a, a the healing team or the prayer team I'd like for you to come up if you would so desire but I want to pray before I, I turn it over to you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you have declared that you never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you and praise you, Father God, that if God be for us, who can be against us? We thank you that neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers nor, nor things present nor things to come shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you love us, Lord God, more than we can comprehend. And I pray, I speak the peace of God over every individual within the, within the sound of my voice. For Lord, you, you commanded your, your priest Lord God, uh, Moses and Aaron and, and his descendants uh, to, uh, to speak a blessing over your people. The Lord bless and keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so I will put my name upon the people and I will bless them. Every day that I pray, I pray that over you. Everybody in this room. And I believe that God puts his name on you and you are blessed.